Hello and welcome. Today is April the 11th and my name is Terry. I am a nurse educator, a CPR instructor, and I wanted to come to you tonight to talk to you a little bit about COVID and what it is doing to our healthcare providers. And so I hope you all are doing well. Um, I won't keep you long, but I subscribe to a blog which is um written and co-written well it's written by kevin um kevin md but um there are um contributors to the um blog and i wanted to read you a couple of stories um that uh the contributors wrote and just to give you um small gist of what um, each person is going through. Um, this particular article is called, uh, it's titled, It's Scary as Hell to Be a Doctor Right Now. And this was written by Jenny Hartstock, who is an MD, and it was written on March, 20, March the 20th, 2020. And so it reads, and I quote all of this article, okay? And I'll give you her name again at the end so that you can refer back to it. But the um, where I'm reading this from is Kevin, K-E-V-I-N-M-D dot com. And he has a, he's a physician who um, has a blog and he allows other medical professionals to contribute to his blog. And so it she writes... I'm not going to lie, it's scary as hell to be a doctor right now. In Italy, which is our projected immediate future, up to 10% of infected people are healthcare workers. Healthcare workers are also more likely to experience severe and critical diseases. There's not a great explanation for why this is other than just higher risk or from repeated exposure over and over to infected persons. When we go to evaluate a patient, we can't even be sure when we enter a room of who is infected due to 5% of cases being asymptomatic carriers and the failure of our testing system in the U.S to actually diagnose people with the infection. So every time we see a patient, it is basically Russian roulette as to getting exposed to the virus. I'm not as scared for myself individually, more, um, she said, I'm I'm not scared for myself individually, more for all of us healthcare workers as a whole. So many of us have given our entire lives to medicine. Trust us. We have the loans and the emotional scars to prove it. It feels scary to know that just doing our jobs during this pandemic could ultimately lead to our demise. Yes, we run that risk every day as common infections like the flu can still kill you, but those risks are so much greater when facing a novel virus as we have never seen before in our lifetimes. The biggest challenge facing your healthcare workers is the lack of PPE, personal protective equipment. The hard truth is that we still don't have, we still don't understand how much of this virus is transmitted in the air versus in droplet form. 
Droplet spread infections like influenza A and B can be successfully contained with just regular surgical masks, while airborne infections like H1N1 or swine flu require specialized masks or hoods. We do not know that reports show that workers in other countries such as China and Italy are more likely to become ill as, as, as access to PPE dwindles and supplies are exhausted. The bottom line is, until we have a full understanding of how the virus is transmitted, it is safer for all healthcare workers who have close contact with patients to wear an N95 mask. Well, here's the problem. There's a critical shortage of this and other equipment which we need to protect us. Many communities are even soliciting donations of N95 masks from private companies as they are often used in construction work. We need all the help we can get. Without the support and cooperation of the general public, we will not be successful in mitigating the spread of the, this virus and the ensuing death. So please, don't stockpile masks. If your doctor or nurse becomes sick, who will be left to take care of you when you need it? And countries further along into this infection, anyone with a medical license is being pulled to the front line to help combat a shortfall of physicians. That means your psychiatrist, who is extremely well-educated and trained in psychiatry, may end up being your general hospital doctor if enough of our current staff become sick and unable to work. So help us help you. Leave the mask and the medical supplies to the professionals that need them. If you own or know of a construction company or business with access to N95 masks, please reach out to your local hospital to see if you can donate them. This pandemic is not a sprint, it's a marathon, and we need to be prepared now and for the future. Please share this message in the local communities to encourage the donation of N95 masks. And this was written by Jenny Hartstock. She is a hospitalist who blogs for um, a blog called Doctor of a Certain Concern, but she um, also um, was a contributor to KevinMD.com. So um, I'd like to read you another one. And this one, um, let's see, it was um, written by a nurse. And this uh, nurse, um, she wrote this article on March 15, 2020. Her name is Susan Shannon. And the title of her article, her contributing article, is called, There Are Not Enough Nurses to Care for the Coronavirus Pandemic. It's a cliche, but the horse is out of the barn. There is no doubt that coronavirus is widespread in the United States and the situation is getting worse. No one, not even the government, not hospitals are addressing the elephant in the room. There are not enough nurses to care for the for a worsening coronavirus outbreak in the U.S. With decreased reimbursements, hospitals run a, a tight ship. Hospitals don't even staff for full capacity. They staff for their average census throughout the year. When there is a surge, they count on nurses to work extra or overtime. Many offer bonuses in this situation, 
For example, in the ER I worked in, there is a program called the Capacity Alert. When they are desperate, they put out a page to nurses. If you come in, you receive double pay. There are rarely there was rarely a day that one of these pages didn't go out. I doubt nurses will come in extra during during the peak of this crisis. The same capacity alert system exists in the ICU. Few people in this country realize the complexity of nurses' job these days. Nurses literally hold patients' lives in their hands. An example of this is an is the advent of ECMO, and that ECMO is um, an a, an abbreviation for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. ECMO has become commonplace in large larger hospitals. Due to its complexity, complexity, the standard of care is a two-nurse assignment. Consider the fact that every coronavirus patient in an ICU would probably require ventilation and management of multiple trips. I anticipate the majority of patients in a hospital will be coronavirus patients. Priorities in hospitals will be reordered. Critical care beds will be increased. Some nurses stations will be closed and nurses reassigned. You really can't reassign med surge nurses to ER or ICU. If this patient, if this gets as bad as anticipated, other facilities outside hospitals will set up to care for, for patients. This is where we get to the bottom line. Who will care for all these patients? There are not enough nurses in the workforce to staff this situation. How about the military? Will they step in? Probably. The problem is most nurses in the military staff in the military staff military hospitals. How about the reserves? The problem is most nurses in the reserves have civilian jobs. There is something called the medical Reserve Corps, a volunteer organization that sends healthcare professionals to help in disasters. I venture to guess most of these nurses are already employed elsewhere. So where do we get the nurses? Retired nurses? It's a possibility. In Italy, there was a plan to try and recall retired nurses and doctors. They may be the only way to increase staffing numbers. It is an estimate. It is estimated that there are 200,000 nurses in the country right now. Nurses will become sick and therefore unavailable. I do not hear any plans to address staffing shortages in this situation. It puzzles me. It is at the very core of the pandemic. It will determine life and death. Why is it not being talked about? Why are doctors not anticipating this? It is a devastating mistake. I can assure you, Nurses are thinking about this, and they are scared to death. And this is written by Susan Shannon, who is a retired nurse who blogs at Madness Tales uh, of a Retired Emergency Nurse. And so that is just two examples and two perspectives of people who are looking at the COVID-19 and, um, and how it affects them. 
And um, I also have a story that was written by the um, News Herald in um, the newsherald.com. And um, here is, it was written on April 11th, which is today. And it was written by Jim Kasalbi. And um, it titles, COVID-19 patient intentionally spits on nurse and security officer at the Wyandotte Hospital. So here's what, what happens. What happened? A man being treated for COVID-19 became aggravated and allegedly spit on a nurse and a security officer, potentially infecting them both of them. The incident occurred at approximately 3.30 p.m. April 6th at Henry Ford Window Window Windowdolt Hospital, wherever that is. A registered nurse who filed a complaint told the police she was working on the third floor, which is dedicated to infected COVID-19 patients. The nurse says she explained the protocol regarding procedures for his care while he was in the unit. But as the day progressed, the man became increasingly agitated with staff and demanded to leave his room. I'm scrolling down. I'm sorry, y'all. The nurse advised him that he could not do that, which agitated him even more. He walked into the hallway and became combative. She notified security. The mayor refused to listen to the directives given by the nurse and the security. The staff then backed away from the patient, at which time he stated, How do you like how do you like the COVID? And gathered a large amount of infectious sputum and spit it at the victim. An officer wrote in the police report. So the police said that it appeared to be a clear case of the patient intentionally spitting on the nurse and security officer who only had his best interest in mind. This horrendous act illustrates the hazards of healthcare workers, um, of how they are exposed during these trying times. Healthcare workers are under a great deal of stress, and despite risking their own personal safety, they continuously come to work every day in an effort to save strangers. Therefore, it is absolutely unacceptable for a patient to attack them, not only physically, but mentally, adding to their emotional distress. Without question, the police will ensure that the offender is prosecuted to the full extent of the law and so we you know nurses are at going to work being abused i've heard a couple of stories about nurses being hit um or attacked because they are going to the gas stations or riding public transportation with their uniforms on and uh, i just think that here in the um healthcare field we are already even we were we were already not doing well before COVID-19 and so when COVID-19 came to um, the U.S. and to our communities it and it increased our stress it decreased our um, ability to care for our families because for one there has been so many nurses who have lost their lives there have been so many nurses who have been exposed to COVID-19 who has to be at home on quarantine. There have been so many nurses not just just quitting for the fact that they're not going back to the bedside and they are not um, going to put themselves at risk 
for one, maybe they have small children or um, families or, you know, they are the sole caregiver of their children. And it's it's becoming um, very tragic for uh, our health care providers. And so um, I just kind of wanted to um, stop by to give you guys a little bit about what other healthcare workers are thinking um, and what they seem to be going through. Um, my Facebook feed, my Instagram feed, um, I, everywhere I go, I'm turning to um, testimonies or not testimonies, but testimonies too. But um, nurses are saying, hi, my name is whatever, and I'm a nurse, and I tested positive for COVID-19. I mean, they are actually um, putting it out there when usually you wouldn't um, put a post on social media stating that you have HIV or hepatitis C or any of those things. MRSA, you wouldn't generally tell the public that you have that particular issue but what i'm finding is the experience is so traumatic is they have to make a file um of public confession so to speak or public acknowledgement so to speak that if something happens to them that somebody would know that they were in fact tested positive for COVID-19 so that those measures could be taken where, you know, now they're saying if you got COVID-19 and something happens to you, then they need to find out where you've been, who you've been around, where you where you've been in the last couple of days, last couple of weeks. So you're basically being tracked um, um, just as soon as you are um you admit that you have COVID-19 because they have to know the public is 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 for public safety and public health they have to know where you've been where you're going and you know um because they're saying that a lot of the carriers of COVID-19 are asymptomatic and before they get quote-unquote sick or before they go to test then they have already visited several places been to the store been to the bank or they've already um been around people without any symptoms and they could in fact pass those symptoms along and so um I just kind of wanted to come by like I said and um, talk to you guys about, you know, some uh, healthcare um, professionals' uh, perspectives and what they seem to be feeling and going through. That is not even the half, but just to to not keep you on all night listening to me ramble. I just only, you know, read a couple stories or whatever. And so, um, so far, um, the U.S. Um, has is reporting 524,903 cases of COVID with a total of 20,389 deaths, but um, 31,066 have recovered. And so um, we're at a point now where we're just uh, staying, you know, prayerful and um doing the best that we can 
um, waiting on some type of relief to uh, help those who are not working. Um, there are some jobs um, that are hiring immediately, like Instacart and some remote jobs and things of that nature. And so um, people have been really good with um, helping um those who are in need of employment or finances out um but anyways thank you for stopping by thank you for listening i will um try to come back again next week as i am working on some things myself and just to kind of let you guys know how whatever i think or whatever comes to mind i just wanted to drop in and um wish you and yours um health and safety hope you have a great um easter even though we're inside if you um celebrate easter um then or um um, i hope you have a good one um thank you and um i'll talk to you soon bye